This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Simon from True Faith Newcastle United podcast. He's on to give us the Newcastle United perspective on this upcoming match on Sunday for Fulham against Newcastle United at St. James's Park. Fulham had a huge victory last night, Simon, and I'm already moving on to talk to you about Newcastle United. These uh, matches are coming just too fast for me, but yeah. thank you so much for joining me on the show. I actually just did your podcast, and now thank you for returning the favor. Not at so all. Happy to I be just here. want to welcome you over to uh, Cottage Talk. Thank you for joining me. No, thank you for the warm welcome, and, and yeah, absolutely honored to to come on. Of course, yeah, I'm excited to talk about what should be a, a really interesting game this uh, this weekend. It will be Simon, and uh, what was great about the fact that we've already talked about this from. More of uh, you asking me about Fulham, I'm going to be leaning on you to talk about Newcastle United. So let's not waste any time. Let's just get to it. So it's been a just a tremendous start to the season for Newcastle United. And there were doubts when Eddie Howe came to take over. We'll talk about Eddie Howe in a second. But as you and I were talking about before, the one thing that I see as a common thread between these two teams is that both teams play as a unit, they play as teams. Mm. And I think that has been two of the reasons for both teams, one for each, for the success. I think they play for the manager, that's number one, but they also play as a team. So let's talk about your season so far. Am I correct to go there? Uh, 100%, 100%. I don't think I've ever seen a, a more um, tight-knit group as, as this current Newcastle team. I mean, I I I was quite young in in the in the 1990s, so I didn't really fully appreciate the the Kevin Keegan era at Newcastle. But I certainly um, grew up with the Bobby Robson team, and that was a, a very good. The, the team spirit was was brilliant in the early 2000s. But this is something else. This is uh, as you correctly described. Uh, uh, it's it's one unit. Everyone's playing for each other. Everyone's leaving nothing out on the pitch. You've got teammates who who back each other up no matter what. I've never seen so many. Um, and I'm not saying we're, we're 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 picking fights with other teams, but 
the likes of, I mean, it's nice beating Chelsea, isn't it? We did that just before the World <laughs> Cup. And yeah. at, the end, at the end of that game, it boiled over and there were some Chelsea players, you know, causing a bit of trouble. And every one of the Newcastle players had each other's back. You know, they were steaming into, no, you don't do that to my teammate. And yeah, it's a, it's just a testament to what Eddie Howe has done, uh, that we are we are such a such a strong team because, you know, it's easy to point at, uh, at the takeover and the fact that we've been able to finally spend a bit of money, something that we haven't done for the majority of my life. Um, <clears throat> but it's the it's the existing players, it's the players that had given up the, under under the previous manager, had given up under the previous regime. It's the turnaround in every one of those players. It's the improvement of the existing squad players, the players that people said weren't Premier League quality. And look at where we are in the league. Look at what Eddie Howe's done. So yeah, it's it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful time to be a Newcastle supporter. Okay, and that's a great segue because there are several parallels between Fulham and Newcastle United, I think. And this is where I really believe it begins. I already talked to you on your show about the two managers and the similarities to how the players are playing for their managers. But there's something else that I think is massive. You talked about how a lot of the players that you had, I guess you could say maybe underperformed under the former regime, the former manager or managers, same thing with Fulham here. So Hmm. let's talk about Eddie Howe, because the one thing I can tell you when we talk about Fulham is the improvement of so many players under the coaching of Marco Silva. Joel Linton, Almiron, so many players are seeing their games improved under Eddie Howe. I don't think it's an accident. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, Joel Linton and Almiron are probably the two standout performers this season. And last, to be fair, Joel Linton, the the entire Newcastle fan base had written off as a complete flop. This guy is not good enough for, for, for the Premier League. This guy will never make it as a as a footballer at this level. How wrong were we? Were we? Um, yeah, we've got Fabian Chair at the back. He was a three million pounds signing. Who we thought this this guy can't defend? He's awful. Newcastle have got the best defense in the league now. Um, yeah, there are there are Sean Longstaff. He's he's a local yeah, boy who boy. who who we thought the previous manager had ruined his career. Gone. Before uh, at the end of last season, we had Kieran Trippier had just come in. Obviously, everyone knows Kieran Trippier's quality. You can't. Eddie Howe probably hasn't improved him. He was already a, a great player, but he got injured for the vast majority of our recovery at the end of last season. And uh, we have this Swedish right back called Emil Kraft. Again, if you asked a Newcastle supporter this time twelve months ago what they thought of Emil Kraft, they would have told you he is not good enough to play professional football. By the end of last season, he was. You, you know, you would have thought it unfair on him to put Kieran Trivia back in the team. Such was the improvement in him. So yeah, Eddie Howe improves football players. He's improved every one of those players. Miguel Almiron has is, is, is hit the kind of form we thought we were getting three years ago when we brought him over from, from America. Right. And, um, and yeah, Joe Linton, not only is he incredible, but he can play in several positions that we, we just didn't know he had in his locker. And uh, yeah, it's just... The, the the most satisfying thing about about the uh, the Eddie Howe project so far has been the improvement of the existing squad of players. Yes, we've brought in some world-class talent, and I'm sure we'll talk about some of those, but we have also seen players who I had written off myself turn into into world beaters, and it's 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 wonderful. Right. And that's why I wanted to bring this up and start with talking about Eddie Howe, because I could say the same thing about Marco Silva, because there were so many players, Simon, that we written off. At Fulham, and I mentioned to you Tim Ream, 
I can go on and on of players that just were not performing with Fulham. And then all of a sudden you get Marco Silva and Louis Balmorte and the rest of the coaching staff with them. And next thing you know, they're fantastic players for Fulham. So hmm. there has to be something to a manager getting the most out of the talent that he has. And Eddie Howe has done that. And so has Marco Silva. And that's what makes this matchup so fascinating is that you have two sides that I wouldn't say everyone had written off or had just thought of, well, you know, they're one thing. Like in the case of Newcastle United, I think many thought you were turning to the next Man City. You're doing it in a different way, Simon. But I think it's in a very positive way. I think it's in an extremely positive way. You are building a real side with, you know, a real backbone for the future. Whereas I look at the team Fulham just beat, just spending a ton of money. You mentioned Nottingham Forest, spending a ton of money. No plans, my friend, no plans. There's mm -hmm. a plan mm -hmm. in place at St. James's Park. There's a plan in place at Craven Cottage. And the managers, I think, have a lot to do with it. Yeah, 100%, 100%, yeah. Uh, my understanding, and there's a question just coming from from one of our listeners here uh, yep. about about what um, yep. what is the my secret with Chris. Eddie Howe? Uh, yes, hi Chris, um, and it, it's it's that entirely. So what what, what we learned about when um, the new ownership of Newcastle were looking for a manager is that Eddie Eddie Howe came to them and he he presented them not just yeah I can do this job I can save this team from relegation which was the immediate threat last December. Um, it was here's my project here's what I think. Here's what, you know, he'd done his homework on all of these existing players. He knew everything about the kind of the best positions for them, how we would use them. He already knew what he wanted to do with Joe Linton. He'd already identified Joe Linton as a um, as a defensive midfielder, maybe as, as a midfield enforcer, rather than this kind of lost target man that Steve Bruce had been using him for. So, yeah, it's a it's a um, the guy has, has spent his time away from football between uh, being Bournemouth manager, uh, yeah. which he saw himself as a failure, uh, and taking this job and, and learned, he went round to to various clubs around Europe. He spent time with uh, Jurgen Klopp. He spent time at uh, Borussia Dortmund. I mean, uh, if you want, I, I'm not trying to push people away from my podcast or your podcast, but um, <laughs> there's a uh, for for people who don't know, there's a um, a great podcast by Jake Humphreys, who's a UK um, yep. uh presenter um and he it's called high performance and eddie howe did it did an episode of that where he kind of talks you through his methodology talks you yep. through his kind of the expectations he have on himself and the standards he sets himself and how he thinks about everything methodically and you just realize that this guy is a football obsessive he will not switch off for one minute he does not he's always thinking about tactics he's always thinking about right what did i do wrong so you might win a game 2-0 you might you know we just beat leicester 2-0 in the fa cup He'll come away from that thinking, "What did I learn? What can I take into the next game?" Like he doesn't, he doesn't rest on his laurels. The guy is is obsessed with football and he's obsessed with improvement. So that's why we see so many players improving because he's looking at every individual and telling them, kind of, right, okay, here's what you did well, but here's some things that I think will improve your game. And it it feels like the players listen to him because it's it's happening in front of our eyes. All of these players are getting better. Right, and that's what's so key here, Simon. And I'm glad that you brought up the fact that he has really honed his craft by going to other places to talking to other managers to basically turn into what I would call maybe a, a complete manager, learning hmm. what is what works best for him. And that, to me, I think is key to what's going on because to 
teach the players to improve. He probably had to improve as well. And he needs to be able to be honest with himself with maybe some shortcomings and work on his craft. So it sounds like he did that. So now he can get the most out of his own players. And I truly believe that Marco Silva has done the same thing. Marco Silva was away from football, similar situation on that. And I think he probably took time as well to really think about what he did wrong and what he wanted to do in the future. And he's Hmm. done it with Fulham. So I don't think it's an accident that both of our sides are where we are, regardless of what people think. I want to share this from my friend Steve Reynolds, who's also a co-host. He says, Newcastle, Fulham, Brighton are the teams that have progressed against the odds. And this is all true. This is all true. If you look at Brighton, I'm sure many thought that they would fall off the face of the earth after uh, Potter left. But that has been far from the truth because the foundation was there. The foundation was already there. In the case of your side, the foundation is now being built just like foam. So that's what's interesting about what's going on. I know so many pundits uh, concentrate on the big six. Simon, right now you're part of the big six, okay? And Fulham are actually in the six right now, which is bizarre to say. So you've earned it. You've earned it halfway through the season. You've earned it. I'm talking about Newcastle United. And Fulham have earned where they are. It's not a fluke. It's not an accident. They're doing things the right way. We'll see how it all plays out in the end. But I think we both should be proud of the, the sides that have been built for both of our teams. Oh, 100%. And, and, you know, two football clubs with great histories that haven't had a huge amount of success for a long, long time. So it's nice to see both both sets of supporters being rewarded the way that we are because, yeah, football football's a funny old game that the best supporters don't always get the, uh, the rewards they deserve. Yeah, well, I wish the best, you know, and again, to all the Newcastle United supporters, obviously, I want Fulham to win, but... I have nothing against Newcastle United, and uh, I do like what I am seeing from your side and what you're building there. And it's not just about money. It's actually a plan. It really is. It's completely different from Man City. You might have all this money, but you're actually looking at it from a business perspective and also a football perspective of what you want to build, and they're doing it. They're just not doing it the way that everyone thought they would do it, and uh, this might be a very good way to do it. So let's get going and – like I said, you and I just did a show together. And um, what's interesting is that I, I told you a little bit about foam to really catch you up. So if you want to talk just briefly, uh, your thoughts on where foam are, that's fine. I know you haven't really watched much from them, but what do you make of uh foam season so far? Surprising. Um, I'll certainly say, you know, uh, nobody expects a promoted team to, to be sitting in, in the top six, as you've correctly put it, in, in January. You know, yeah. you normally expect the team that wins the championship to to carry that momentum on and, and you know, get to like November in a, f- a fairly healthy position. But then it, it tails off. That's how it normally goes for any newly promoted team. But Fulham seem to be getting better and better. And it seems like the the break for the World Cup has done you the world of good. Marco Silva's had more time to prepare for the last set of fixtures. And you've gone and won every one of them. Uh, four league games and a cup game, all, all victories, I believe. Yes, five. Um, Five wins in a row, like uh, you know, no one else has as many points since since the World Cup as, as Fulham do. Um, so yeah, you've, you've caught everyone off guard in that respect. Um, if I think back to October I, when we went to Craven Cottage, I was really worried about that fixture. I thought um, it might upset the apple cart. I thought Newcastle might drop some points there, and the the early red card kind of robbed us of what I thought would be a really interesting, good good right. game. In the end, we 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 walked away with that without really feeling like we'd had a game. Um, 
I didn't, I didn't learn much about Newcastle that day because I thought the 10 men just, just made it too easy. And, and right. I think it was so early that it just upset that game. So um, I'm really interested to see how we put up with Fulham, who are probably the, the most informed team that we bring to St. James's Park so far this season. Um, and you've got a, a little lad up front who um, we're all familiar with in the Northeast. And I'll be honest, I'm <laughs> a little bit worried about what he might do. Well, let me ask you your thoughts on Metro because uh, Metro has been such a tremendous player for Fulham. I told you on your podcast that for me, he has grown up since his days at Newcastle United and really has become a complete striker. He tracks back. He is there helping his teammates. He's there for his teammates, but he's also there scoring goals. So, what do you make of the transformation of Alexander Mitrovic? And do you see this potential at Newcastle United? Um, I'm going to say no to the, to the latter part of that question. Uh, I he split opinion in in, in his time in, in Newcastle, and you know it was it was four or five years ago now um, since he last played for Newcastle. Uh, he was it was a young raw player um, at the time. We weren't a good team. I'll, I'll have to say that. Um, he came under Steve McLaren, who didn't seem to know what to do with him. And to be fair, Dimitrovic actually scored nine goals in his debut season in the Premier League. He was, a, I think, something like 21-year-old that we'd signed at the time. And Newcastle were in real trouble. We needed something more than a 21-year-old Serbian to hang our season on. And ultimately, we got relegated. Now, I thought when when Benitez took over uh, and and turned the club around for a period something wasn't right he did not he, there was a clash there with the manager now i was lucky enough through the podcast that we do to to spend a bit of time with rafa benitez at the newcastle training ground and he described mitrovic as um he, a very talented footballer who couldn't follow instructions who was too hot-headed and perhaps wasn't the right fit for newcastle at the time because benitez had limited resources as newcastle manager you know, right. nothing compared to what we have now and um, we had to play a certain way. It was, it was very rigid. There was a, the way the team played, very defensive, very solid, and instructions and and the way we played was very important to Benitez. And it seemed like Mitro just wasn't wasn't part of that. Um, the main thing being that he was the only centre forward we had. He needed to lead the line, and he he does he does this very well for Fulham. By the way, he would drop in, he'd collect the ball deep, but. We needed someone on the last defender. We needed someone to give us an outlet, and he wasn't really performing that role for Newcastle. He also got a lot of yellow cards. He also got quite a few red cards. He was a bit <laughs> a bit of a nutcase, for want of a better word, and it right. seems like he may have kind of grown up, as you, as you put it before, which that scares me because the one thing I always thought was there was a player in there if he could just kind of sort himself out, behave himself, and, and keep his head together for 90 minutes. Now... I also um, want, not wanting to labour the point. He's, he's a very good player, and his goal scoring right. record speaks for itself. But I feel like the big occasions sometimes got to him. And I thought this had happened at Craven Cottage. Now, uh, when we spoke before on on the other podcast, uh, it sounds like he had an injury, but it looked like he just didn't fancy it against Newcastle. His head his head went, and that's the Mitrovic I remember. Now I'm worried I might be wrong about him because he's he's twenty <laughs> he's twenty eight years old now. I'm sure he's matured and he's on fire. He doesn't need to yep. be that guy anymore. But I might be wrong. I might be wrong. You tell me what I should be worried about with Mitrovic. Well, what you should be worried about Mitrovic is not just what he does scoring goals. It's how he gets his teammates involved and how he helps them hmm. defensively as well. He will be involved in the entire match now, whereas he's not he's not the player that I think you needed at the time. He's a target man. He's a 
target man. And I think especially, and you and I talked about this, when we talk about how foam can win this match, and I'll mention this in a second, it's going to be set pieces, my friend. And he is so dangerous on set pieces. So for me, that is uh, a big part of his game. And uh, he really gets himself involved and really puts the defense under pressure. And But he does it in a way where he's going to annoy you. And I told you there's a part of his game that I don't like, don't like his theatrics, but he does this and he does get underneath the skin of the opponent. Hmm. And uh, I expect him to do that against Newcastle United. I expect him to tick off uh, your defense, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I, I'm again, He's going to go down as a Fulham legend and uh, Fulham need a healthy Mitro. I hope he's almost 100%. That's one of the reasons why he didn't play against Hull City. He was suspended for the last match, was to get him 100%. So hopefully he'll be good to go against your side to give Fulham a, a chance to win this match. Okay, Simon, let's get into it. So let's talk about the match. So key players for Newcastle United against Fulham. Who, who has to have an exceptional match or a good match for you to win? Um, I think Newcastle have to play well across the board to win football matches. And, and we get that more often than not under Eddie Howe because, okay. um, you know, the, the results speak for themselves. But if you're talking about Mitrovic and set pieces being a, a particular danger to Newcastle, I'm sure Eddie Howe will have done his homework. Um, but we, we, we've got the best defence in the league. I've never seen a defence um, as good as this playing in, in the Newcastle colours. Now, Sven Botman, I do not understand how nobody else in Europe signed him when we did because I, I, I've, I've never seen a, a defender as good as Sven Botman. I honestly think he's one of the best defenders I've ever seen play the game of football. And there'll be listeners on your show, hopefully, who haven't seen much of him yet. And you'll be, it's an absolute honor to watch this guy defend, honestly. I don't understand why he wasn't playing for Holland at the World Cup. And I don't understand why he's not playing for Real Madrid already. Like, he is that good. At, at 21, uh, maybe 22 now, 21 we signed him. Um, he's just incredible. And I, he's the reason we've we've kept so many clean sheets. We're actually on for um, a club record number of clean sheets coming into this fixture in the league. So um, it's just, our defense is, is incredible. Now, it's not just Sven Botman, Fabian Scher, who yep. um, had a terrible World Cup, um, but he, he came back and he, he, looks, he looks a world-class player alongside Botman. Uh, Trippier, and then of course Dan Byrne, who's the new local hero. Dan Byrne, uh, unbelievable from it, played at form. So yes, yeah, yeah, a wild signing that nobody saw coming. You know, Brighton couldn't get in the Brighton team last season, and we just thought, oh, he's just been brought in to kind of make up the numbers because we were a bit thin on the ground. But he's a, he's a, he's the first man on the team sheet every week, and um, with his height, That's Botman's crazy. Botman's kind of agility, Trippier's experience and and um, influence on the game. That back four. And Nick Pope as well, by the way. Nick Pope yep. is an underrated goalkeeper. In a Very game, good 10, goalkeeper. £10 million we paid for Nick Pope. And he's he, he deserved his spot in the England squad at the World Cup. And he's uh, that back five. I honestly, and again, this is going to sound very arrogant, but I don't think you, Fulham will score because I don't, not many teams come to St. James's Park and score because that defence is too good. That's why we're winning so many games. Okay, and... Maybe that goes to this comment from Sean. Is it just me? But when Newcastle visited the cottage, they looked huge, very well conditioned, and had a telepathic ability to find a teammate. A physical game will not suit us. Sean's right about that. That's not the type of team that I think Fulham are suited to play against. So maybe there's a good point here from you and also from uh, Sean here. Yeah. Um, 
that's it's a very good point. The telepathic thing is something that 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 adds to that that kind of story about the defense. Now, one thing that Eddie Howe seems to have drilled into this team and his coaching staff, it's not just Eddie Howe. If on the defensive side, if we win the ball back, you will notice that Newcastle never ever ever kick the ball out of play. There's no clearances. There's no kick it to the halfway line. We play it out every time. Sven Botman is a good enough footballer that he can win the ball back, take a touch and find a pass to a teammate you didn't even think was there. So you'll find that we, we keep a hold of that ball so well right now that the back four will win the ball back. They'll intercept crosses. They'll intercept passes and they won't just clear it. They won't go out for throwing. We, we don't concede many corners. And it sounds like that's a really good thing against yeah. Fulham. Yeah. Um, you know, we will always find a way out of defence, and that's kind kind of what Sean seems to be alluding to there. Is that, yep. Yeah, um, the physical game is an interesting one because we've got some big boys in there. Dan Byrne, obviously, yeah, Brown, yeah. Um, uh, Joe Linton, who is a revelation under Eddie Howe, has been an incredible, incredible turnaround of a career. I thought he wasn't good enough to play Premier League football. I was completely wrong, as were thousands and thousands of other Newcastle <laughs> supporters. Now it's an interesting one because I think one of uh, one of your listeners put a question a bit further up about yep. Joe Linton. Now he's just, just been charged today with it, with a drink driving offense, which is really disappointing. Um, I would respect whatever decision the club make about this, uh, whether or not they need to take him out the limelight while that gets sorted. Um, it, it's, it's splitting opinion amongst yeah. Newcastle fans. Some people would say, well, it's nothing to do with football. You wouldn't um, ask someone to, to not come to work in their day job, but Footballers are, are role models. There's more to it than that. So I would respect the club to do something about this. It remains to be seen. Eddie Howe has commented on it and he said he's going to have to take some time, speak okay. to the player, make a decision about it. It would be a huge miss for us because he's a right. big part of the physical nature of this Newcastle team. Without Joe Linton in our midfield, we become a bit lightweight. Bruno Gamaras is a wonderful, wonderful footballer. I haven't mentioned him yet, but yep. um, he needs a, an enforcer alongside him to kind of make that work. And, and Joe Linton has been that for over 12 months now. So that'll be very interesting. If he doesn't play, um, we lose a lot of that physicality. Right. It, it's interesting, Simon, because uh, I'm not sure what the right answer is for this, but I do understand why Eddie Howe has to consider all options here. The one thing yeah. I will say is that um, for me, and I don't know how you feel about this, and it's a little bit different than the situation with uh, Joel Linton, but the situation at Brentford, what's going on there. I wouldn't be playing him. And uh, because, you know, again, it's a gambling issue. So I'm still surprised that he is allowed to play. I'm still, mm. you know, I know it's a little different, but w what are your thoughts about that? No, same. I agree. I think um, the, 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 it's, it's easy to say, which it's got nothing to do with the football that their, that their job is to, to play. And if, if he's fit or if he's the right player to play, they should be playing football. But these these people are role models. You know, there's kids, there's young people who watch these and learn. And I just think anyone who's caught doing something they shouldn't, especially in such a high profile situation of being a freshman, it's such a privileged position as well. By right. the way, Joe Linton has no need to drive to drive a car under no. the influence of alcohol. He's got so much. You know, you can you can pay someone to buy a car and collect him. You know, it's right, that, it's that right, kind exactly. Of See, I'm and, I'm there with you. We talk about that here yeah. with with our sports teams locally. And there's no reason to do this. Yeah, it's um, 100%. So same gambling, whatever it is, it's it's not it's not something that I can ever say. Oh, you know that's all right because because no. you'll 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 score three goals at the weekend. So I would respect any decision that club club makes on this. And I, 
I would never want to defend him in in, in that kind of tribal way that that right. supporters get with their players. If he's done something wrong, he's done something wrong, and, and he should he should have to own up to that. And uh, I I think you are looking at it in the right way, Simon. You know, because you want the club to take a look at it, look at the evidence, and and uh, understand exactly what's going on, and make the decision. But they are role models. I'm glad that you had mentioned that, and that they need to be doing it at a better level, and they shouldn't be driving drunk. It's just that yeah. there's no there's no excuse for this. There's absolutely I'm. I don't want to get on my soapbox, but there, honestly, as a father, there's no place for that at all. And uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad that uh, we're talking a little bit about that. We'll see how this all plays out. It's a, yeah, a, a part that I, I wish we're not talking about, but I, I'm glad that we actually are because I think it's something that important that we should uh, discuss. So I think so I think we can win the game without Joe Linton. By the way, um, okay. It, it, it's a big factor. He's a he's a huge huge player for us, but I still think we've got the quality. Um, just just to be okay. clear. <laughs> okay. No. No. No worries, my friend. All right. So let's uh let's get to it. So how does Newcastle United win this match? Um. Well, you, you've given me a bit of an insight on on my own podcast uh, moments ago, in that your your left back uh, is once again missing for this one, and it's going to be Correct. the uh, the young guy stepping in now. Miguel Almarine, Al, Almarine, Almiron is in Almiron. in the in the form of his life um, right now. You know he, he he can't stop scoring, and when he's not scoring, he's he's creating goals for his teammates. So that that right hand side has been our absolute dream for for weeks and weeks now. That's Kieran Trippier linking up with Miguel Almiron and linking up with Bruno Gamaris. There's a telepathic understanding there. We've got Miggy with his pace, raw pace. He can he can get to the byline for anything. He cuts inside. He finds Bruno with a pass, and there's there's something telepathic about those two players in particular. Right. You will see one twos over and over again in behind into the channels, into the gaps, and we will create chance after chance in that way. Um, what what happens uh, with Joe Linton remains to be seen. But if Joe Linton doesn't play, we've got Alan St Maximin, who I know lots of lots of Premier League supporters will oh, be well aware of him. Yeah. And you know what? He's he's got. A point to prove to get back in the team. He can't get in the team. He's fit. He's been fit for weeks, but he literally can't get back in the side because of how good we've been. Now he might get an opportunity here, and he's a very good player, and he can he can create something out of nothing. So if this, I think this will be a high scoring game. I think this is two teams who who, who might come out and play a really good game of football. But if it yeah. isn't, if there's a deadlock to be broken, Maximan is the sort of player who can who can make that happen. And then of course I've I've talked briefly about the midfield. Bruno Gamares is. Quickly becoming my favourite footballer ever. He's again. I, I, I'll reference the World Cup. I cannot believe how little game time he got for Brazil in that World Cup when they were crying out for someone who can unlock a game, unlock a defence. Bruno is that player. He can pass a ball like no one else I've ever seen. He's also really strong, really hard to dispossess. So you'll find that he picks up the ball all over the pitch, and the next thing that happens is either he gets fouled because you cannot take the ball off him, or he finds a killer ball like that guy is an incredible midfielder and. Again, I'm I'm envious of of supporters who travel from Fulham who get to see this guy play because I just want to watch him all the time. So yeah, we've got we've got some really really big players in there, and I also think just to round it off, um, I'm talking yep. about lots of different ways we might hurt you. Set pieces as a strength for Newcastle this season as well. Right. Kieran Trippier's delivery of a ball is is second to none. Botman and Dan Byrne are a real threat in the air. Um, I think Botman is he's hit the post, he's hit the bar. He hasn't got his first goal for Newcastle yet, and I think that's coming. 
Um, I'm trying to think else. Joe Willock. Joe Willock is in the form of his life, and he will probably be sniffing around for a goal as well today. So we've got we've got threats all over the pitch, but in terms of how we win this game, I think if we score just one goal, it probably is enough because so few teams have come to St. James's Park and scored this season, our defence being what it is. Okay, very good. All right, I'm going to share some comments and I'll share how Fulham win this match. This is from Black, White, and Fred. I love that name. I just want to say <laughs> that, that. Both teams show the importance of great coaching, how and Silva develop their players. Don't mm. just buy in the town. Simon, that's what we've been talking about on the show. Uh, this is from my friend Chris again, Chris Goodwin, who happens to be a Liverpool supporter, but he is also a Patriots fan. He watches my other podcast, but he's nice enough to come on and watch this podcast as well. He says, Newcastle need to stop Metro and win the midfield battle to attack the Fulham back four, cheered on by the Jordy crowd. Now, this is, to me, this goes to where, how Fulham can win this match. It is going to be about the midfield. It's going to be about Paulina. It's going to be about Reed and going to be about Pereira. Pereira more on his deliveries on set pieces and also in crosses in the box, but it really is going to be on Jao Pelina to protect that back four and really just get control of this game. For Fulham to win this match, to win at St. James's Park, it's going to be very difficult. I think they're going to have to come out strong. You and I already talked about this. Michael Silva's already talked about this. That extra day that Newcastle have here I think is massive. I've already seen that with Fulham against Leicester City, with them having that extra day. That really hurt Fulham as the match went on. So Fulham have to start really strong. If they don't start strong, they're going to be in trouble in this match. And they're going to, I feel, going to have to score on a set piece. This is where they're most dangerous. And as Chris said, get the ball to Mitro as much as possible. So that's where I'm going on that. And actually, I'm going to share this. And I agree with with Cameron here. Time for Manor Solomon. Yes, it is time for Manor Solomon. I'll mention that in my starting 11. Okay, Simon, coming up next to end the show, Simon and I will go through our starting 11 and we'll give our predictions. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, Simon, let's uh, finish this up. So give me your starting 11 and your prediction for the match. What you would do. Yeah, okay. I mean, Eddie Howe has been very, very consistent with his, with his team selections. Very little changes from a winning side. He rewards winning sides with with keeping them in the team you know if if a, if, a, if the players have earned the right to to stay in the squad they do so nick pope guaranteed to be in goal kieran Trippier and dan burn will be the fullbacks now dan burn who was signed as a center half has played every every game this season at left back 
We bought Matty Target from Aston Villa in the in the summer, and he's not had a sniff. It's not because he's a bad player. It's because Dan Byrne has been undroppable, and he finally got his first goal on Tuesday night against Leicester, so he definitely plays. Botman and Cher, I've already talked about at centre-half. That, that back five picks itself. Unless there's an injury I don't, I don't know about, and I'm not hearing anything that says there is one, that back five will play. And that, that for me... I'm smiling because that gives me the confidence that we will win this game because if okay. those back five are playing, I just can't see Mitrovic. And I know he's 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 a real threat, but <coughs> Sven Botman will be will be the um that'll be a great battle. I, I can't wait to see it. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Our midfield three will will be the same. Longstaff, Bruno Gamaris, and Joe Willick, all in excellent form, all pretty much, you know, they they went man for man with Arsenal last week. And there's there's no reason they can't go again. Like I say, we played on Tuesday. You guys played on Thursday. So I'm pretty comfortable that they'll have recovered and, and all three will play again. <coughs> Excuse me. And we have a front. I think the team will be the same as it was on Tuesday, honestly. Miguel Almiron, we, we've talked about him. He'll definitely yep. play. Uh, the guy has got unlimited energy. Watch out in the 85th minute when, when both teams are starting to tire. Miggy will be running around like a headless chicken as he does for 90 minutes. The guy's got an unlimited tap of, of, of energy and that that really helps us late in the game. If we're still looking for a goal, he, he's there, he's doing the work. Callum Wilson is an interesting one. His fitness has been a um, his kind of uh, Achilles heel for his, his entire career. You don't often get more than 30 games in a season from him. We've had two big cup games in the last week, but I'd, I'd like to think he probably plays. Um, he'll certainly start the game. Um, he might not last the full one. However, um, we've got a £65 million Swedish, Swedish international striker who we've really not seen play because he's been injured. So Alexander Isak will make an appearance in this game, and I, I'm excited about that if we need him. <coughs> the the left-hand side, is it's all about what, what, what happens with Joe Linton. If Joe Linton gets the nod, he'll start the game. Um, if the club decide to take him out of the firing line for many reasons, including you know the, the, it being the right thing to do potentially, I think Alan St. Maximan, he's he's came on as a sub four times in a row now, might start the game because he hasn't um he hasn't really been given the opportunity to show Eddie Howe that he's he's worthy of that spot. But he's a really, really talented footballer. So I think he I think he comes in the team um if Joe Linton doesn't. But I honestly think it's quite likely that the same team that played on Tuesday night plays again. And that fills me with confidence because if if it's that eleven and the intensity with which we put Leicester to the sword on Tuesday, um the way the, the way that transpires when, when um, at the start of the season we we started we started very slowly. We um, Eddie Howe plays a pretty gung ho, high intensity, high press, and he tries to get that out of the team for ninety minutes. Now at the start of the season that wasn't happening. We lasted sixty minutes, maybe in the first few games. Then you were seeing it go on a bit longer, maybe eighty minutes, and then by the middle of September into October we were just out outlasting teams, out pressing teams. And winning football matches for fun, uh, you know. I think the the Craven Cottage game on the first of October was kind of the start of that. It's happening again. We came back after the World Cup. We were a bit slow um, on Boxing Day. We, we blew Leicester away, but Leicester were poor. Um, we then couldn't couldn't break down Leeds. We struggled against Arsenal after about sixty minutes. Um, we got knocked out of the FA Cup by Sheffield Wednesday. But each game, this kind of high energy, high pressing has been improving and improving again. So I think we're just getting better and better and. If that team plays again, there'll just be an improvement across the board. And I'm really, really confident. I'm sorry to say I'm really, really confident that we come away two or three nil winners here. Okay, so that's your prediction, two or three nil to Newcastle United? 
That's it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, now I'm going to give you my starting 11. I'm going to go with Burn Leno as your goalkeeper. On the right, I'm going to go with Kenny Tete. On the left, it's going to be Levin Kurzawa because Anthony Robinson can't play. Mm. In For the two center backs, I'm, this is what I would do. I would go with Issa Diop and Tim Ream. He might go with Tosin again, but that's what I would do. Then I would go and it'll be the middle three that, that picks itself. It's going to be Jao Polina, Harrison Reed, and then, of course, Andres Pereira. This is where I'm going to change it up. I'm going to go on the left, William, who's been incredible for foam. On the right, I'm going to say Manor Solomon starts on the right. Now, many people don't see that happening. I think that the precursor was the Hull City match to set him up to play on the right because I think he can play on the right, even though he's a left-sided winger. I think he's going to play on the right in this match. And then you're going to have Mitro up front. That's what I think you're going to see from Fulham. I said this on your show, Simon. My head says 2-2, but I'm going to go with 2-1 to to Newcastle United. I understand why you are picking 3-0. I, I, I don't, you know, I, again, I completely understand it. You're flying high. You guys are playing as a team. It's going to be tough. But I Rest. know that my, my club is going to be there to play. And uh, I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be closer than you think. But we'll see. We'll see. That's what, that's what makes football so great. You Russ, never I've, know what I've you're going to get. I've spent the last 15 years predicting Newcastle to get beat <laughs> every week. You know, we, we've had a, a really, really rough uh, rough time yes, under, under, under Mike Ashley's ownership. So I, I enjoy the fact that I'm allowed to now you say allowed, we're going to win every game 3-0 because more often than not, it actually happens now, which is which is crazy. So yeah, Simon, you uh, are I, allowed. You are I think allowed. I think if if we do, I and mean, maybe maybe that's ambitious, but if we yep. do get that win, I think it'll be a really good game. Unless we get that yeah. bon- a bonus red card in the first six minutes again, oh. which which I would welcome. Oh. Um, you know, uh, I think oh. I think it'll be a really good game. I think the Mitrovic uh, dynamic is interesting, um, but I also I, I I'm not underestimating that Fulham can hurt us, and I think it, it could be really good. But Eddie Howe is a, is a, is a wonderful manager, and he yep. will he will have done his homework, and he's had four days to prepare for this one, whereas. Marco Silva's only had two, so I think that's advantage Newcastle yep. on this occasion. Yeah, the, listen, that's fair. I just think that Fulham will be prepared to go, and uh, I've not seen Fulham get really, except for your side, believe it or not, blown out. So it could happen again. I don't think it's going to happen again, but we'll see. I think it's going to be closer than you think, but who knows? That's why football is such a great sport. Okay. Well, Simon, thank you so much for joining me. We went longer than we said we were going to go. I appreciate you spending the extra time right. with me. No, absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks, Russ. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. As I always mention, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other phone supporters find us. Please do also check out the True Faith Newcastle United podcast that Simon's a part of. They do a fantastic job. Please do check them out. I would highly recommend it. But that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. My name is Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk, now part of the TalkSport Fan Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, 
we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.